We play for bravery. We play for big hearts in tiny bodies. We play for the fighter within. We play for life reclaimed, disease in remission, stories rewritten. We're Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU, and we nurture the champion in every child. We fight the forces that threaten them, and we play to win. Learn how at chrichmond.org. Hello, beautiful souls. It's so lovely to see you. Wait a minute. <laughs> you can see me. So funny because I record all interviews with audio video, but I never give them to you. So as of now, we are moving forward with audio videos together. You can get these on the YouTube channel from now moving forward. So exciting news. Today we have an amazing guest and I'm so excited to carry on our business. This is business related, but not really. This is more you related today, but it's a really important lesson that we're talking about today. She is the founder of Safety for Life. Her name is Lorna Selig, and she is a phenomenal expert in her field that takes defense, not only from a defensive position, or safety from a defensive position, but also from a preventative position, which is awesome. And not just for us adults, no, no, but for kids and teens too. There is such juicy details in today's episode. I cannot wait to share this with you. So one little quick housekeeping caveat here. Lorna and I did film this a few weeks ago. So when she refers to some stuff later on, just keep in mind that the dates are, the, the dates are a little bit off but you can just move it forward a few weeks. So without further ado, welcome to Fear It Goes and welcome Lorna. Hello, Lorna. It's such a pleasure to have you on Fear It Goes. Thank you for joining us in this beautiful sunny day today. Thanks, Brandy. It's great to be here. And you're right, the sun is just shining in. My God, it just feels like the whole world is, uh, has woken up and I love it. What a break from the whole COVID thing. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, interesting times we sit in. Mm -hmm. Very interesting times. Yeah, it's certainly been an adjustment. And I, you know, sort of, I I think looking back, um, I think there's lots of uh, things that, you know, governments and systems and and companies and organizations could and, and would have done differently. So, but I think we have to go through that first um, you know, Growing quagmire, pain. if that's what it is, yeah. to have that insight to be able to look back and, and see what shifts you could have made, but shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> shoulda, woulda, coulda. Stop <laughs> shoulding, wooding, and cutting all over yeah. yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I actually yeah. wrote a post on that. It's quite funny. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. All, everything in hindsight, right? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And, and honestly, everything. You know, when I, when I look back to, you know, geez, when I was 12, here's what I wanted to, to do with my life. You know, I wanted to be this roving reporter and, and traveling <laughs> the globe and, you know, and, and uh, I, I mean, what would, have ha- what would life have been like had I done that, right? Life would have been different. It's just yeah. a different path. Totally. totally. And speaking of different paths, I love your approach to safety and typical Okay, so when it comes to defense um, and defending ourselves against predators and, um, and about being safe when we're out in the world, right. your approach is quite different than the majority of 
safety um, programs that I've heard about. And I, I really like your approach. So well, can you, thank you. I can love you it too. That? <laughs> <laughs> it aligns so, with my belief system too. So that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't yeah, hurt. <laughs> so, so my approach, Brandy, as we discussed here, whenever it was a week or two ago, my approach is, is uh, from the perspective of alert, awareness, confidence, and empowerment. Because I think when we approach our life, and it doesn't matter what it is in our life, mm -hmm. when, we, when we approach um, uh, obstacles or achievements in our life, and we approach them from the perspective of um, uh, deliberateness and uh, purposefulness, we have a totally different result than if we kind of wander aimlessly hoping for the best. And yeah. um, I, I, my approach to safety is exactly that. I, I never ever, um, when, when we do our classes for, and we start teaching these classes for kids as young as the age of three. That's awesome. And, and it is. And, and for children that age, obviously we have parents join in because mm -hmm. this whole approach to safety and personal safety um, needs to start early and it needs to be discussed often Agreed. and we need to be able to talk about it as openly and as candidly as we would talk about a family vacation or what we're having for dessert. Because um, when we think about um, our own personal safety, it really is our own responsibility to manage our safety. And, and that responsibility really starts with alertness Starts I was just going to say awareness. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it does, and it, it's never about ah, I'm scared. I can't go outside. It's wow, I'm going outside. I'm going to put all of these um, empowered and alert skills Practices. and strategies mm -hmm. into my person, and just make that part of uh, how I always walk into the world. I think that's extremely important. And we've talked about this before. Awareness is where everything starts. Mm -hmm. Awareness on all levels. And today we're talking about safety, but I talk about awareness from a level of inner awareness and yeah. ego a lot. Um, but looking at awareness from a safety standpoint, how you hold your body, how you present yourself in the world, what you view the world as really does set you up for safe passage or not. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I'm so excited we're going to talk about this today because I don't think many people really look at life from the standpoint that you really do have a lot more control over what happens than you think you do. Absolutely. I love that line. I love that line, Brandy. And, and here's the really super cool thing. You, you talked about, um, I can't remember how you had phrased it, something to the effect of, of um, uh, it, it's, it's your body awareness, really, right? Yeah. How do I show up in the world? How do I look to others when I yep. show up in the world? And, and, and how do they read me? Because and it's subconscious. Totally. It's a subconscious thing. Like totally. that's really important to, to factor here is that the way you carry yourself, mm -hmm. those micro movements are a subconscious pickup 
by anyone, you and others. So when you're walking around, you see someone on the street, you pick up a vibe from them and you're not even aware of that. So if I'm a predator, I've got more awareness of you these bet. micro movements and of these, yeah. of the, the way I hold myself, the way my shoulders sit, whether I look down, simple, simple things to change. Massive. Yeah. And this information when shared with children, knowing that they have that um, power, they have power. that power. Kids feel it, like they're disempowered all the time. It changes everything. And you know what, Brandy, it is such a subtle shift. And we actually do these with young kids in these classes. We, we do this very, very simple exercise. And quite honestly, alertness and awareness is is, is about four very simple things. It's shoulders back, mm-hmm. it's chin up, mm-hmm. it's making eye contact, yep. and it's owning your space. space. Yeah. That's all it is. And so we do this exercise, um, mostly with kids and teens, where, you know, okay, show me what it looks like to be disempowered, to lack confidence, to feel weak, to feel vulnerable. And right away, everybody sort of tucks in. Sinks in. Yeah, shoulders in, down, eyes drawn. Okay, in a heartbeat, I snap my fingers. Okay, show me confident. And every single time, they shoulders back, chin up, making eye contact. (laughs) And all of a sudden, the whole energy in the room shifts from, you know, weak and vulnerable to empowered and strong. And I've got this and deliberateness. Deliberateness. Is that the word? I don't know if yeah. that's a word. Yeah. I'm making it up. It Here's works. The thing. <laughs> it works. Here's the thing. When we show up, show up in our life and in the world that way, all of our results are different from safety to what we can accomplish to how people see us, to the jobs we're offered, to the, to the marks we get in school, to you know, how, open. how people ver- view us. Exactly. Because when your shoulders are slumped. When you're drawn inward, yeah. you're not really drawn inward. You're you're drawing yourself into a space that is protective and survival. And we don't function well when we're in survival. We're not actually firing at all cylinders when we're in survival. We're not at our full capacity. So when we open up, there is something to be said about the way the body responds or the mind responds to the body. So when we open up, you're really actually opening up many other um, facilities within your body. Exactly. Including your mind. You're much more alert. Even just alertness comes to mind when you like open up. You're aware of what's going on around you. Yeah. And you present yourself differently. So Absolutely. Here's, here's, a, here's an interesting analogy that I like to use. And that is that, so think about um, Brandy when you're driving a car. Yep. You get in your vehicle, you put your seatbelt on, um, and suddenly you kind of take on uh, a different uh, a different level of awareness than if you're sitting in the passenger seat or in the driver's seat. Correct? Oh, absolutely. So you, right. So you've got your seatbelt on, and all of a sudden you're checking your mirror. You're looking, you know, both ways as you're going through an intersection. You're you know, noticing what the other vehicles are doing around you. You just have a, a, a more um, up, uh, a, a higher level of alertness. So, so here's the thing about being in your vehicle with your seatbelt on. 
are you going to stop every car accident that goes on around you? Are you going to stop the guy who maybe hits you from behind? Are you going to stop somebody that runs a red light? Absolutely not. But you are sitting in your vehicle with your seatbelt on more protected than somebody who is sitting in a vehicle without their seatbelt on. Somebody right. who is, is um, not prepared, so to speak, right? And it's the same with our personal safety, right? When we show up in the world with our um, uh, alertness and awareness safety belt on, mm. we, we arrive in the world. That doesn't, that we arrive in the world differently. Mm. And, and we arrive in our community differently. We don't, that doesn't mean that there isn't creeps and, and bullies and predators right. and offenders on the street. It just means that, first of all, we're noticing. Secondly, we're far less likely to be involved Absolutely in some are. kind of an offensive um, interaction. And, and we are, um, even if something does happen to us, we're less likely to be harmed because we're more alert and we can react quicker. And, and escape from whatever. And I think it's interesting too, on. because we're not really the target that they would want to go after. Exactly. As soon as they see you, they're like, that's not so easy. Exactly. Here's an interesting quote from um, Ted Bundy, big old creepo, you know, <laughs> world renowned. You oh, know, not uh, Ted Bundy. Sorry. Awful. Awful. Sorry. awful. Yeah. Not I'm laughing stuff. because I'm thinking Ted Bundy from, um, from what was um, that show Married called? with Children. Yes, which yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. Sorry, one. sorry. Totally yeah. wrong, no, wrong, the, wrong. The, the, the massive, um, you know, horrific, horrific, um, uh, the way that he treated hundreds of, and who knows yes. how many women. So he um, has had done several interviews um, in and around his behavior and, and why he's done the things he's done. One of the things that he said that for me was so incredibly poignant and important is he said, when I, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, when I'm looking for a victim, when I'm looking for a target, I'm looking, beautiful. I, right? Mm. I, if someone makes eye contact with me, if a female made eye contact with me, I would find someone else. Because she's not so easy. Not so easy. Yep. Not so easy. And that, from my perspective, I mean, that speaks volumes. That right there, somebody who, who has done those horrific crimes right. as many times and as long as he had, he knows what he's doing in a really warped, awful, oh, yeah. horrific way. He knows what he's doing. He knows what to look for. And so he right there is, he's giving us a pretty powerful message in saying, I wouldn't pick on you if you showed me confidence. Right. It's important. Wow. I didn't know that he'd actually done interviews. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Repeat offenders or um, serial offenders definitely have a mindset, and they certainly do have very specific, um, like the eye contact mm -hmm. they they have very specific things they're looking for mm -hmm. yeah. i mean maybe first time around not so much it's like can i do this can i not do right. this the psychology yeah. around that is more can i but then afterwards they hone their craft which is horrible to say it's so horrible to say this it's so true they, though they do they hone their craft so true yeah 
And why make it hard on yourself when you can really, there's so many to pick from that walk around with their faces down, yeah. head in phones. This is actually an interesting thing we should talk about today too, yeah. is phones. So <clears throat> there have been many times I have been walking and seen people like literally just about walk out into the street because they've yeah. got their, like they're watching their phone, whatever. It's shocking to me. Very. <laughs> I mean, I like to listen to music or books when, when I'm walking, actually, really, I like to listen to books mostly, but, um, but I'm, I'm very alert of what's going on around me and I would not want to walk out into the street and I'm sure they don't either, but this is a safety issue all into itself. Now imagine a predator seeing that person that looks like, that looks like the wounded gazelle. Yeah, that's, that's easy pickings. Yeah. It is. It's easy picking. Like you're not paying attention to anything around you. Well, and here's, here's the interesting thing about phones. So our young people, and quite honestly, even ourselves, we, we have become so attached to these phones. Very and, true. and when we think that everything on that phone um, ranks higher in importance than anything else that's going on in our, <laughs> in our existence. Like it's a, it's the craziest thing. So, so I, I asked this question when, when we are teaching these classes, especially to teens yep. and to young people, but to a certain extent, um, uh, it doesn't matter what it age. doesn't matter. But the response I always get is, Oh, well, if I push the start button on my phone five times, it'll call the police. What? Right? I didn't that, know that. Supposedly. <laughs> so here's my response. If you are walking down the street with your head in your phone and somebody grabs you from behind, do you think you're still going to have that phone? Do you think that if somebody grabs you from behind, you are still going to be texting? Or will you have dropped that phone and Most gone, likely oh, dropped it because this is, this is now moving into fight or flight instantaneously right and your body responds to that exactly now you're like there's more blood flow to your extremities you're moving out of core into extremities so you can run (laughs) absolutely that is your body's adrenaline surge yep absolutely like you say the wounded gazelle who didn't have that fast enough but but the thing that happens is we don't have, and so even if we did manage to hold that phone, mm-hmm. the effects of that adrenaline and the effects of that fear response mm-hmm. causes your logical brain to shut down. It's called so, the amygdala hijack. Yes. Exactly. And so could you ever realistically in that moment, remember, Go, oh, I need to do this five number, times, <laughs> right? Could you even count to five? And if yeah. you couldn't count to five, could you dial 911? And then the prompts that are also on that phone, really, do you want to dial 911? Press one if you do, press no if you don't. Um, um, and when you are in that moment of somebody holding on to you, you do not have a spare second to make those decisions that, that require something different than your reptilian brain of course. responding to escape and to fear and to adrenaline. And so never, ever, ever is your phone a realistic option, first of all, to save your life, nor to be engaged in when you're walking around in public. Quite honestly, if you, so, so here's my sort of Maybe advice. Maybe if you were in a bank robbery. Pardon? 
Maybe if you were in a bank robbery, because then you're exactly. all sitting, you have a chance. But exactly. But here's my advice. Put they your take your back, phone anyways. <laughs> put your back up against a building. Right. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Right? Put your back up against a building. Pull the phone out of your pocket. Text whoever has been texting you. Look around. Put the phone back in your pocket and carry on. Yeah. Right? Right. It's, it's a... We, we have just decided as a society that whatever is going on in our phone is much more important mm-hmm. and, and supersedes anything else that's going. I see, I see uh, moms, parents with their babies in strollers walking on along the street on their phones. And, and I think, wow. What a ripoff, you know, this is a great time to be engaging with your baby, right? Or, or connecting with your child about, you know, the, oh, there's a squirrel or, you know, oh, did you, did you see the bird? Like whatever it is, yep. you know, and instead we're texting and, and we're thumbing through Instagram or Facebook. And, and I get it. It's a part of, it, it is how we live our life right now. Um, but the but likes it, in the... A, like that's a whole different thing when it comes yeah. to Instagram and thumbing through yep. and getting the instant gratifications and that's yeah. dopamine hits, right? Oh yeah. And I've, which totally leads us down a different path and I promise we'll come back. <laughs> but there is a really, really great way to detox, literally detox um, the dopamine issues that we get when we are out of balance, which literally it, you, people should be doing this on a monthly basis. Some people do this on a weekly basis. Some people never do this and they're like, what? I couldn't do that. One full day of no external hits, which oh, means I love it. put your phone down for a day to, or like only accept phone calls, only accept phone calls, emails, only accept work emails if you're, if you're working, but just tell people I'm taking a 24 hour break Great. and it literally will Great. reset your dopamine, because what happens when we have these little small hits, 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 it's like doing cocaine, which thank God I've never done, but I understand how it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, but cocaine is one of those things that if you do it the first time, it's supposed to be amazing. After that, you're chasing that same high. Okay. So dopamine's the same way. You're increasing the level that you need to feel okay. So now my normal level is not normal at all anymore. And I have to reset it or else if I don't get my little hits, I don't feel okay. I literally don't feel okay. So a quick 24-hour detox will do wonders for you because it'll reset you and your, and your dopamine levels in your body. Brandy, I love that idea. What, oh. great, what a great suggestion, especially... Well, and I always go back to, especially to young people, but the truth of it is, it's all of all us. All of us. It's all of us. You don't have to be 22 to, nope. to uh, yeah, 
experience. It's funny when you're talking about that mom pushing the stroller on mm-hmm. her phone and I'm like, I probably did that. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> I and probably this, did that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just a different way of being, you know, and it, it, uh, it, it changes lots about who we, who we are and, and how we are in society. Right. Yes, absolutely. And it's very, very accepted for us to be disassociated from the world around us, even though we're very much in the world around us. Yeah. Um, you, you're, you're, when you're, when you're disassociated though, from the world around you, 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 you open up to trouble. <laughs> absolutely. And, and yes. any kind of risks. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's not, it's not that there's, you know, bad guys and creeps behind every, you know, fence no. post. But, but um, you know, maybe you're missing some of the good stuff too. I don't know. I would hope so, right? Well, and I, it's kind of, we started talking about COVID at the very beginning of this. And honestly, I think it's the same thing with COVID. Don't be stupid when you go out, mm-hmm. right? Like, be aware. Don't pick up everything. Don't be, don't be licking things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you just know, kidding. Don't lick things. <laughs> right, exactly. At all. <laughs> In general. But, well, Licking things can be fun, but, <laughs> but, um, but be aware. And then when you come home, wash your hands, you know, like follow certain practices, but be wise about things. It doesn't mean you stop living. And this is, I had this conversation with my son the other day, literally, sorry, I've got, I've got something in my throat this morning. Weird. Um, so I had this conversation with my son the other day, we're in the car. And we're talking about COVID because, of course, COVID's on still on everyone's mind. Things are opening up. The disaster that happened in Ontario, which is actually surprising to me, that when they opened up, it looked like a rock concert. Really, honestly, again, oh, it's, it's only the pictures I saw. But when you see it, you're like, really? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? There's no safety in that yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. And the concept around safety in COVID um, in the experience of COVID is really about what we're bringing to others. Cause we're the predators just as much as someone else's. Yeah. yeah. We are too. Potentially, yeah. Right. We don't know unless you've been tested. And even if you've been tested, it says nothing. Like if there's anything we've learned through this period of time, it's that one, there's way too many asymptomatic people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have no idea if you're one of them. And unless you've been tested numerous times and you've gone nowhere, there's chances that you've come across it. Yeah. So just be wise with what you do out there, but live your life. Same yeah. thing with Absolutely. how you hold yourself, how you present yourself in the world. So what we're doing out there in this space, we can do from a very empowered way, regardless of the situation. You're right. COVID is one of these situations. COVID's a predator. Right? It is. Yeah. It's a predator of its own kind. And then there are, yes, there are some people out there that are really misguided. So I, I don't know, I don't know if we talked about this before, but my father is one of those very, very misguided mm. and spent a long time in jail and he was a predator. So I understand the psychology of a predator. Yeah. And seriously, they will look for the weaker. They'll look for the wounded gazelle. They don't look for the water buffalo that's like big and stocky and paying attention mm-hmm. because they're not easy prey and why work so hard yeah they don't um yeah. and you're not going to see 
and this is one thing I find very difficult with this period of time that we're in now. You're not going to see a predator on every corner. You're right. And we used to let our kids go play in the streets and, you know, hey, come back at dinner. Exactly. Like when I was growing up, that's what my parents said, come back at dinner, right? And now it's like, oh my God, you can't go out front yard only. Or like, what happened to being able to go for a walk to the park with your buddy and no parent being with you? And what are we teaching our kids from a life perspective that way too? And how safe or not safe the world is. Yeah. I mean, we don't have more predators now than we did before. We don't have more, more and more messed up people now that are taking your kids or doing crazy things. I would say that the percentage is probably pretty close to the same. Yeah. We're just more aware. Yeah. So teach your kids the safety practices so that they can go out and enjoy the world. Absolutely. And, and teaching them and talking to them about, so a couple of things um, in response to that, Brandy. So talking to them, first of all, about their intuition, mm -hmm. um, yep. which, right, it is, it is, it's like a muscle and we all have it. Um, but how we use it and notice it and practice with it mm. is going to determine how we respond to it, okay? So, and, and when we get, like weightlifting, when right. we do it more often, we're more tuned in and, and conscious of, right? And it's the same with, um, and all of this stuff is about practice. So, so when we, so our instinct is the, is the alarm system in our body that says, whoa, not safe. This is risky. And, it's and we have a nervous choice, system. right? And we have a choice. We can say, oh, it's nothing. Uh, it's probably fine. Uh, what am I doing? I, I'm overreacting. So that's choice number one. Choice number two is, oh, notice this. I'm going to step back and take a look at this. Okay. When I step back, yeah. I get the, I, I get more information so right. then I can respond. And sometimes respond is the key word here, right? Not react. Exactly. Yes. So sometimes when I step back, I can go, Oh, wow. Uh, that didn't feel safe because, or I can step back and I can go, Holy smokes. This really doesn't feel safe because, and then I make a choice. Right. And as right. soon as our kids know on the playground that they can do that, they have the power within them to do that, then they can go to the playground. They recognize that they don't have to talk to somebody that causes that creepy vibe. Right. They recognize that they don't have to help somebody find a puppy. And although that <laughs> sounds so cliche, Randy, yeah. you would not believe how well that still works. Do you works. want some candy? Yes. It's, it's, yeah. it's like candy. Yeah. It's easy prey. Absolutely. I got a brand new bike in the back of my truck. Come here. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the practice of it. And, but, and then, so combined with the instinct and the, um, uh, your intuition is that need for boundaries and solid boundaries. And when we talk about boundaries mm -hmm. with kids, we talk about a fence. And quite honestly, a fence is just a very subtle move. I'm going to do this. 
it's a very subtle move where you just bring your hands up in front of you. And, and with that fence, Brandy, that does a couple of things. First of all, it shows whoever it is um, that is maybe getting too close. It shows them in very, very clear language. Yep. That's far enough. Yep. It shows other people who are around. Oh, what's going on over there? Why is that kid? Why is that person? Right. Putting his hand hands up. up. Right. I'm going to yep. tune in and notice this. The other thing that it does is it raises my level of power in that situation. It lets that, so, so a perpetrator, as you know, they, they like to be in charge. They like to be in control. It's power. Yeah. Right. And when we raise up our own level of authority, if you will, or our own level of, of control in a situation, very, very often, it's just putting your hands up to say, nope, not doing that. Right. We, we sort of can, can get to a level where we are almost, um, and sometimes depending, um, we're matching that uh, level of authority. And that in and of itself is, first of all, powerful and purposeful for us, yeah. but it gives us such a strong message to someone who is offending uh, or wants to offend or threaten us. Right. Fascinating. You know, it's funny, you were talking about practices and with intuition and trusting your gut and, um, and teaching, really us teaching our kids to trust what their inner guidance system is. Mm. And it's, we have many inner guidance systems, but our nervous system, so talking about response versus reaction, one is parasympathetic versus the sympathetic system. And your sympathetic system is on alert, right? I'm not thinking with all cylinders firing here. I am on alert. So I'm aware of certain things, but completely oblivious to certain solutions. If I can move back into the parasympathetic system, then I'm, I'm really able to be a lot more creative in my options right. and what I can do. So I'm much more responsive and that's being able to take that breath or being able to like step back for a moment. Yeah. Yep. Step back for a moment or put your hands up. That's, I never actually heard of that one, but um, it's funny because it, you meet somebody and it triggers our nervous systems. Totally. You know, like when you walk into a room, I talk about this a lot about the energy or the vibe you feel when you walk in a room and that's your nervous system firing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's telling you things. (laughs) Pay attention. Yeah. Always. (laughs) Always. But I use the gym analogy too, like when it comes to meditation or it's some of the practices I teach. And it's funny. I'm like, you cannot go into a gym for the first time and think you're going to lift a hundred pounds. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) You know, Hey, I'm just going to lift this up. You're going to hurt yourself. It doesn't work like that. It takes practice. So you have to build, you have to build the muscle. And in my case, you have to build the mental muscle, right? You're building the neural pathways, but you have to build your understanding of intuition too, or your nervous systems and just allowing them to do what they do and being aware of what it's doing. So you can go, Oh, this is telling me this. My body's in alert right now. Why is that? Okay. Something's off here. Maybe I should remove myself from this, from this situation. Mm -hmm. Right. Or I should go somewhere else in the case of a playground and our kids but let's talk adults. Okay. So I'm walking down the street and my face is in my phone, (laughs) right? I'm doing something. My face is in my (laughs) phone. I'm not paying attention. 
and um and someone okay so obviously we know that walking down the street face and phone is not our best practice and does not keep us in a safety zone to begin with but let's say i i take that risk and let's be very very clear here i am taking a risk when i do that right you need to know that you are putting yourself at risk these are not even measured risks these are these are subconscious risks you know, like you're not really aware that you're doing this so right. please be more aware that you are taking a risk that is unnecessary and yeah again be out in the world everybody is not a perpetrator but be smart when you're out in the world and honestly there's amazing things to see out in this beautiful world of ours right there's amazing things to see so take the time to see them but let's say i'm taking this risk got my face in my phone and something sets me off um should we have a perpetrator even come in what would what would i do if uh, if i was approached by someone so three things so if um again if you are uh so if you are approached by somebody is very very different than if you were grabbed okay let's okay. go through all scenarios okay so <laughs> so if you're grabbed yeah okay so Worst i want to go scenario. back right i want to go back to the phone thing um first of all so just as best practice um so important that when and walk around with your phone we need to be available to the people who are trying to reach us but when you are receiving a text, when you are sending a text, when you're switching to a new song or whatever it is, stop walking, pull your phone out of your pocket, look around, position yourself where you can see about 20 feet in front of you, at least 20 feet in front of you. For somebody to come through that 20 feet takes about three seconds, okay? So what is going on around you in that vicinity of about 20 feet? Right. And so look around, yeah, looks pretty good. Couple of parents with a kid, you know, there's somebody jogging. Uh, yep, Kate, text, 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 text. Back in my pocket, off I go again. Right. Okay, so that's, that's the first best practice that I will uh, present there. Let's say I'm not doing that. I'm walking down a path and I'm summing through, summing through. Somebody grabs me. The first thing that I am going to do is scream, holler, shout as loud as I can, ongoingly, as long as I can, as loud as I can, for as long as it takes. What that's going to do is two things. Remember, we talked about the, the levels of power. So somebody who has got you sees themselves in control, okay? So when you start screaming and hollering and yelling, you are creating attention, you're attracting um, people, right. making people notice, you're causing a chaos, right? And, and a perpetrator, or an offender, or a bad guy, or a creep, or whatever it is, they want easy. They don't want to be caught. So as soon as you are causing that chaos, that changes their uh, perspective on how this is going to go for them, okay? They got a plan. And as soon as you disrupt that plan and remove their um, system, right? with the element of surprise they're not expecting that you're going to scream they change their mind about that okay and again uh, when you are hollering and screaming that um raises your uh, power again shock so to speak right it mm -hmm. makes you look bigger and stronger 
I might be a tiny, and, and I'm about 5'5". Five five. I'm not a massive woman. Mm-hmm. But if somebody who was 6'5 got me and I was hollering and screaming, very quickly it would be obvious to them that I am not an easy, small, little, petite, 5'5 five five woman, right? So you're going to holler. I just had the most funny image pop into my head about like little dogs at the dog park that have like big dog syndrome. Right. Totally like that though. That's because exactly it. Animal kingdom. Hello. We are part of it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Sorry, Stand there and so hold their ground. I saw a brilliant thing on Facebook. There was a massive, um, I think it was the German shepherd or a husky, one of, a big, long haired, mm. you know, beautiful gray dog, bigger dog and uh, a kitten. And yep. this kitten the dog startled his kitten and the cat and the kitten just went after, just jumped right on his face. <laughs> and this dog, ah, you know, and runs right. away. <laughs> I mean, it's, it was perfect. So anyway, so the first thing you're going to do, and this is when you are attacked. The first thing you're going to do, Granny, you're going to scream, scream. holler, yell, shout, create that chaos. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to fight back and you're going to fight back hard, whatever it takes, smash your head into the, into his face, Yep. You're going to get your hammer fist. You're going to be pounding on him, pounding on him from behind. Unless Grab you his hair, groin, whatever it is. Whatever Feet it is are that wonderful. You they are so Absolutely. powerful in a situation yep. where your arms are out of commission. Exactly. If they grab you from behind and you have no ability to punch, you can, you, you can stomp their feet. You can yep. smash your head. You're right. Yep. Um, get your elbows. Get like your elbows anything going. you can. Yeah. 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 Wiggles just move it, keep moving and keep moving. What's going to happen is suddenly that offender is, is will, will, you will have a second where they all of a sudden are going, Oh, wow, this isn't going as planned. That's your moment that you're going to run. I got a fighter here. (laughs) Yep. You're going to run and you're going to run somewhere where there are people. Okay. You're not going to run to pick up your phone. That's already, you know, fallen onto the ground. You're going to go and find another person. Because in that moment, somebody else that is in your vicinity who may or may not have seen the incident is your best chance of getting help. So you're going to run to them. Oh my God, I've just been attacked. Phone 911. Right. Okay. So three very simple steps. The other thing you're going to do, and we do mention this as well, every single time you need to report those incidents. You never know where uh, um, and, and when that may have happened before your reporting might just provide the key to catching this person who's been doing this for the last six months to women in a similar fashion. Okay. The other thing that's going to be happening to you in those moments, Brandy, is that you are going to have such a surge of adrenaline that the only, you're either going to pee your pants, quite honestly, you're going to be um, laughing hysterically. You're right. going to be sobbing uncontrollably, or you're going yeah. to be speechless. Okay, so many, many, many responses to that adrenaline dump. Um, But the one thing that is going to assist to manage it is deep breaths. Breaths. Several of them. Okay, do you know why? We've talked about the sympathetic and parasympathetic Mm -hmm. and the nervous Mm -hmm. systems. And that actually will literally take you from one into the other. So it takes you out of reactionary, which is um, sympathetic system, into your parasympathetic. So deep Long, like I do box breathing. I teach box breathing. Awesome. Um, it's fantastic. It's an excellent way to quickly, quickly switch your system. And it is an excellent way to calm down the adrenaline in your body too. I love it. I didn't know that that was, that that was the explanation. 
but but that's a brilliant um yeah that's good information it just switches yeah. literally switches your nervous systems that's great yeah good and you want that because again you yeah. want to be able to think clearly yeah. and in moments like this or after you've had a big surge so even yeah. i've had close calls car accident wise yeah. on the road and the kids are in the car with me and I'm like, oh, God, that was so close. Yeah. And you've got, you feel the adrenaline moving through you. You feel that. And then I literally just have to go, okay, need to breathe here. And then pull myself back in. Because yes, I'm in alertness, but I'm also not in responsiveness. Exactly. So I want to be able to respond the best way I can. And if you can't pull over in a, in a case where, you know, there's been something happen on the road and you're driving, pull over take some breaths. I know this sounds so crazy, but our breath does so much for us. If we understand how much we can do with breathing and the different types of breath that help us, it's, it's life-changing, to be honest. Amazing. It's life-changing. It's one of the things I teach in my program. Oh, I teach I breathing. <laughs> well, and, and something as simple as breathing, there's so many details and so many factors and so many ways to do it better. Oh, um, if we were taught to breathe properly, which is hilarious because we don't, we breathe very shallowly yeah. on a normal day-to-day -day basis. <clears throat> if we were taught to breathe properly and we were taught different types of breath, you would see anxiety completely dissipate. Wow. You would see depression change. I'm, when I say that there is drastic, drastic responses in the body from switching nervous systems, and breath does it all, and it's completely free, and it's a practice. <laughs> it's just a practice. You just need to learn it. And like meditation or like going to the gym, it doesn't happen the first time you do it. Mm -hmm. So don't get discouraged. People are like, oh, it didn't work. I tried that. You tried it once. You tried it for a week. You, you know? Yeah, and, it's true. And everybody, I don't know anybody that is not um, a person that can honestly say that they have not said that. Oh, I've tried it, and it didn't work. Because more often than not, we try something, but we don't try it for long enough to actually build what we need yeah. to be able to get the results we want. So, Interesting, eh? Yes, breathing. Yeah. Take a yeah. breath to clear that super adrenaline. Super important. Yeah, yeah, super important. Shift so I want to go back, Brandy, if I could, um, to, to what you would do if you were approached. Great. If you're walking and you're, you're in your phone or whatever. Yep. What to do if you're approached. So the first thing that we need as Canadians and as females... Um, and not even Canadians, as humans, yeah. um, we need to get it out of our head that we need to be polite to every single person that crosses our path. <laughs> God, we spend stop so apologizing. much, right? We spend so much, I'm oh, sorry, oh yeah, you're, you know, you got your pants down around your ankle, oh, sorry, like, <laughs> what? So, so, right? I mean, you wouldn't believe the crazy stuff I hear. So, so the first thing we need to do, if we are approached by somebody and we have that, um, that, Trigger. Uh, that, that, that response that causes yep. us fear, right? That, yep. oh, right? Something's triggering. We, exactly. We, at that stage of the game, we need to notice. We need to put our hands up in front of us yep. very, very subtly. And even if it's just right in, you know, kind of around protecting our solar plexus, doesn't need to be in front the of our barrier. face. Yep. Whatever that is, we need to put our hands up. It's a very, very important and subtle and not so subtle act that says, whoa, you scared me. Stop. Okay. And again, I don't have to say that. My hands do that for me. 
Okay. So, talk to the hands. Right? Talk to the hands. Right? Well, talk to the hand. But, but my body language yes. right here changes immensely. Okay? So somebody approaches me. I can put my hands up. I can make a choice right then and there whether or not I'm going to engage in a conversation or not. And if I'm not, all that I need to do, put my hands up and walk away. Yep. I don't need to have a conversation. I don't need to say, oh, sorry, I don't have money for you know, you for the bus or no, thank you. I don't want to buy a watch or a pen or whatever it is you're selling or right. sorry, I don't, you know, I don't know the directions to whatever. It, it, the, the difficulty for us as um, humans is that um, we, we can't stop ourselves many times from getting involved in something and trying to fix something for somebody. And never, ever, ever is it um, a, a, a child's job to fix something for an adult. I've lost my dog. Very true. I can't find my whatever. It's, it, nor is it my job. If I'm walking in a path, it's not my job to help someone. Often, a male, many times though now, when you look at the uh, demographics of assaulting behaviors. Um, mm -hmm. Females also have a very high incidence rate of, uh, especially when you look at the kind of teenage years, early, um, yep. adult, um, sorry, early 20s. Yep. And when you talk about gangs and drugs and alcohol, um, see the stats for female offenders is also quite high. So, wow. so we feel like it's kind of our job to get engaged in something to help out or to fix or, right. or to make it better in some way. And, and sometimes it's important when we feel like somebody else is being harmed, when we feel like yeah. um, we're going to be harmed, we, we do need to react, but, but we don't need to stay in that situation, in that physical area to react. I can say, whoa, no thank you, and I can leave. From when I am leaving and, and finding myself in a safe situation, whether that's 50 feet away or on yep. the next block, I can then make that choice call. of how I'm going to respond. Right. Or right? make that call. Exactly. And so um, I, I guess we, 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 and all of this stuff is a practice, just like you were talking about the breath practice and mm -hmm. um, we we need to talk about these things and have a, a what would I do if practice that goes on, right? And the great time to do this as part of our safety planning is when we are with our kids and teens at the dinner table or, you know, when we're driving to Peter's drive-in or when we're, you know, going, you know, on our camping trip, what would you do if you were riding your bike and this happened? What would you do if, you know, we were, uh, you know, and, and it can be anything. Well, and kids nowadays have drills at school yeah. with what oh, would happen if someone came into the school that yeah. doesn't belong here, Yeah, right? Because That's we've seen so many shootings. That's an interesting shootings. point, yeah. Such and kids are, they're already conditioned mm -hmm. to have an awareness yeah. and, an, and a practice in place for if something comes into the school. So this is not yeah. foreign for them. So you could have these discussions on long road trips or yeah. at the dinner table. And sure. it wouldn't be something so scary for your child because they're right. already doing this. Exactly. 
they are already doing this. And my kids, I mean, I think back, this probably started, when did they start doing that? Probably four years ago, I'm guessing. And my youngest is in grade six and my next one's in grade seven. So well, just mm-hmm. about to finish. If you can even call it that this year, <laughs> sort of ish. Yes. Coasting um, through. Yeah. Well, they're working. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't let them not, but <laughs> poor kids. <laughs> Yes, it's, um, a, it's a strange time in schools for it, sure. It is, it is. Yeah. But that that's, I think, in some weird ways, a gift that we've been given. And just like I think COVID has its own things that are quite large gifts that we're experiencing now. If you look, you'll see them. But we have many opportunities to really empower each other, yeah. our kids, our, our communities, and really be able to stand together. It's funny when you were talking about um, when someone else is being like when you see mm-hmm. someone else, mm-hmm. and that just like I would never want to stand back and do nothing mm-hmm. and watch someone be hurt, watch someone be hit, watch someone be taken. What do you do? Okay, so I would immediately be phoning nine one one. Like that would be my response if I saw someone getting beat on the side of the road or like or walking downtown or something Mm -hmm. like that like my first response would be to call the cops Mm -hmm. and say there's you know there's this thing going on here there's there's this altercation going on it's very physical you know someone's being hurt whatever um but it leads me into a, a weird thought pattern when it comes to how much we should or should not do in a situation like that that puts us at harm or not because there are many documented cases where people just stood by and watched things yeah. happen that were yeah. horrific. bystander syndrome yeah it's a it's a bizarre yeah. phenomenon yeah the so so we had an incident um was it yesterday or the day before of that um uh, uh gentleman in uh ooh, can't remember what but the uh, the black gentleman who has um was need in the neck by the cops right and oh. uh and was actually killed it's a huge um it's just horrific um but that right there is a perfect example of many many people standing around Witnessing. doing nothing um so i i always think again we um we need to draw attention to those kinds of situations. Um, and, and when there are volatile and physical altercations going on, we can draw attention to those situations by shouting, hey, hey stop. stop that. What are you yeah. doing? You know, yeah. and phoning the police or filming, which is or in the case you, of the police, right? Being, uh, the brutalizers. Yeah. Exactly. The, the other, so when there is a situation, and I don't remember if you can recall, or I don't know if you can recall, Brandy, this is a few years back, probably three years ago, I actually did an interview on QR77 with Danielle Smith about this, but um, there was a situation in a um, doctor's office where, um, and again, I can't remember the, the details, but there was a, a patient that came in, a, a, a parent of a patient who approached the front desk and um, really, truly bullied and um, verbally abused and assaulted the clerk, the, yeah. the um, 
nurse or whatever, whatever, whatever she was behind the counter. And and it was awful, awful, awful. And so it, it sort of inspired me to do um, a talk and a post on how can we um, as bystanders manage in those kinds of bullying, because that's what they are situations or those verbally offending situations. And one of the strategies that I actually teach um, school children in those bullying situations, because even though our schools say, oh, well, we got an anti-bullying policy. Yeah, that's trust me. I mean, yes. And some schools are better than others. I will say this because my son (laughs) was bullied early Mm -hmm. on and Mm -hmm. one school, they had no practices and the school my other son is in now um, was fantastic with their bullying, but there's lots they don't catch. There's a lot they don't catch on the playgrounds. Yeah. And there's so so many forms of it, some more subtle than others. Right. But the strategy that I love is to, so, so set the stage here. There's a bully or a creep or a, you know, thug, whoever, whatever it is, somebody is picking on somebody else. My strategy would be this. I would go up to the child that was the target Mm -hmm. and I would say, Hey, Tony, you got the greatest running shoes. Wow. Come here. I've got something that I want to show you. We've got this, take him out of it. Give the attention to that person who is being targeted or victimized. Give the attention to them. Completely ignore, completely minimize any of that uh, power that the bully bully or the thug has. You can even go into that situation, providing it's safe, sit down beside young Tony and draw his attention to you and away from that situation. Pump that kid up, pump him up, say, wow, I really liked it, you know, um, yesterday in science class when you helped me with that experiment. Or do you remember, you know, um, yesterday in math class when I couldn't, um, you know, I couldn't solve that problem, whatever it is, engage that kid who's being targeted engage them in some kind of conversation that dilutes the energy of the creep and focuses it on the the kid that's being targeted so that and and bring so maybe i've got three or four friends that i'm going to go over and say come here tony we're playing soccer let's get this going right in a playground situation that makes it fantastic if you could take two people yeah even over to this scenario so that mm-hmm. there's more protection there, Absolutely. right? It's not just one and one, Absolutely. but where you walk over, you diffuse it and you take that kid out of that. Yeah. You are a freaking hero. Absolutely. But you're Absolutely. a hero in such a good, like yeah. such a good, healthy way. Yeah. And you're not engaging in a conflict. Nope. You're not saying, Lee moon, smart up. You're not getting into that whole, yep. um, you know, getting in the fight thing. You're just going, Hey, Tony, come here. We need you on the team, you know, or, Hey, we've got this project that we've got to do. Come on. We're starting it now. Whatever that is to engage that kid and, and make them, make them feel less alone. Right. Cause really that's what makes them the target on the playground more often than not. It's not usually, it's not usually the group of kids that are being bullied. It's one kid. Yeah. 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 And then it's kind of interesting. Bullying is such a weird it's such a weird yeah. practice. Like it's such a weird state of mind. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to the boys, when it comes to bullies, usually, especially when they're young, mm-hmm. there's, 
there's some things that are lacking at home yep. very often um, because they're targeting. They, they feel they have to lash out because something yeah. is very unsettling within themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the only way for them to clear that or to, for them to feel better is to be able to push it out on somebody else. Yeah. And I, I've always told the boys, I'm like, you can be dirt or you can be mud. Mm. People are going to throw their stuff at you. They're going to have bad days. Adults alike, kids and adults alike, they're going to they're gonna have bad feelings inside that they want to get rid of. Right. And this is not a healthy way to do it, by the way, but this is what happens. And they're going to say things and they're going to do things that are not okay and that hurt you. But you can recognize it for what it is. It's their stuff. They're throwing mm -hmm. at you. They're throwing dirt at you and you can allow it to just fall off you like dirt because you recognize it for what it is, or you can allow it to stick to you like mud and it hurts you and it seeps in and sets a standard for your yeah. own belief systems. Yeah. And it's tough for kids because in the early stages, we're creating all our meaning. You bet. All of our original meanings come from those first seven years, right? And then we are constantly um, enforcing those belief systems. Right. We're always seeking to prove it accurate. Mm -hmm. And we will always find proof to our belief systems. Always, always, always. So somewhere deep inside, if you've been a victim before, and I can speak from absolute position <laughs> of being a victim for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. If you've been a victim before until you clear that victim mindset that belief system somewhere deep inside you that you are a victim you will continue to be a victim you will put yourself in positions to be a victim and i i don't say this in any malice with any malice i truly understand what it's like to be a victim and when you learn it and when you understand it and you recognize the things you are doing, saying, like even little statements you can say that put you in a victim state. Yeah, you bet. So people feel sorry for you because that's the payoff for a victim, right? Right. People yep. feel sorry for you. You have a story. Feel sorry for me. Give me love in this way because I'm a victim. It's really messed up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it can be cleared. And when you're a little kid, and you're on that playground and you see that kid that's being picked on by someone else, grab a friend and walk over and yeah. help them. Yeah. Yeah. Empower them, empower you. That's a double empowerment. You're empowering yourself totally. by giving them that, yeah. but you're empowering them by gifting them that. Yeah. Well, and, and suddenly the they too. feel like they have value. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's a funny thing, you know, with, with the whole bullying thing. And I mean, bullying has been around as long as humans. Um, and because and we don't I, know how to manage emotions well. Right. But yeah. there, but there's kind of stages and phases. And I think sometimes um, be bad behavior and rude behavior gets lumped into bullying. Right. And, and, and I, so you know what somebody butts in front of you in a in a in a lineup right and right away that's called bullying but it's not that though. might it's just, just bad be, behavior yeah it's just being rude <laughs> somebody you know kicks your foot or or kicks you under your desk is that being a bully or is that bad behavior and being rude now it turns into bullying 
when it's repeated over and over and over again to the same person to the same person by the same person or by the right. same group of kids yep and and it is um it takes then it's targeted on, pardon because then it's targeted targeted but it takes on uh, a, a worsening of the malice if you if you know what i mean yep. right so absolutely so it 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 becomes um it ramps up it escalates and and the the um in some ways it becomes more uh, subtle and um, more damaging. And, and that's the, that's the kind of, I don't know what, if it's even such a thing as the true essence of bullying, but the, but the most um, harmful, I guess, form, right? It's so it's, it's the, um, it's the bully that targets the same kid over and over and over and over yes. and over again there's um, intention exactly and there's and the it's chipping directed. away yeah yep. chipping away at the esteem well in, and, a, in a very deliberate and, and and um directed way yeah and from a more subconscious level well not really but from a from a more primitive level because this is what happens in the background that person, regardless of age, is going, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. What's yeah. wrong with me? Because you're taking, you're taking ownership for their behavior. Right. What's wrong with yeah. me? Why would they do yeah. this to me, to me, to me, to me, victim, victim, sure. right? It's not for me, it's to me. Mm -hmm. And there is a reason why they have picked you out. Yeah. Yes. It's brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, bullying. Bullying is a toughie. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we've experienced it with the kids. Yeah, I, I've seen it with kids, and yeah. one of them gets got bullied, and one of them didn't. Yeah, very different personality types. Mm -hmm. The two of them, though. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Right, and for a long time, it was like, "What's wrong with me? Why does this kid keep doing this?" Or actually, at one point, there was this one kid. It's the weirdest thing. One kid that um, literally just would pick him out he didn't bully everyone in the school he bullied like two kids in the school and and they he's like yeah but he's my friend and they said oh mm. sweetheart friends don't do that yeah. recognizing and that's a conversation to definitely have yeah. with your kids totally is that this is not friendship friendship doesn't no. mean that you are constantly being picked on or hurt no 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 and recognizing yeah. that that's not a friend Friends love you. Friends mm -hmm. treat you with respect. You can set boundaries with friends and they respect those. Mm -hmm. We talk about boundaries actually a lot. And I think that's something Good. that's been very, very underrated in the lessons we teach kids yeah. and how to set a boundary from a space of loving yourself, right. not about, you know, um, I'm setting this boundary because you've made me mad. Yeah. That's and or yeah. if you don't do this then this is going to happen that's that's not really setting a boundary from that space either and people don't respond very well to boundaries in that way fear guilt right. or shame or whatever yeah. other negative emotion you're attaching to that boundary um and it's important to learn how to set boundaries correctly to be completely honest um i i had boundaries my whole life but set through fear and guilt right and shame <laughs> So those were like, and yeah. that's, I'm not uncommon by any stretch. Pretty well yeah. every one of my generation, that's how boundaries mm -hmm. were set. 
And I didn't understand why boundaries were important. I didn't understand how to actually set them properly and, and how to enforce them or why mm -hmm. they would be enforced or yeah. why people were walking all over me. Right? Or that you could enforce them. Yes. Until you understand how to set boundaries and what they're really there for, then it makes sense. And the hardest part sometimes is enforcing that boundary when it's something that's big. And I'll never forget the first big boundary I set. And it had an outcome I didn't like. But I knew that that was a possibility for an outcome. I knew it hmm. when I set the boundary. Yeah. And it was, it was a very interesting situation where it was like, I love you, but I love me more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and it's a risk sometimes. It is. To set those boundaries, right? But you recognize that this is you loving you. Right. And if you don't set that boundary, you're not giving that love to yourself. You're just giving your power away. And that's a completely, that's something we don't want to teach our kids. No. We really want to teach them to move around this, this world very empowered. And we really want to teach each other to move around this world really empowered. Yeah. You know, what a spectacular existence we would have if we all understood how to set boundaries how to respect and love ourselves, right? That keeps yeah. us safe. Open up, be yeah. whole, be, be the big people that we can be. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about potential the other day and actualized potential. You know, people say all the time, oh, you have such great potential or, you know, that's a statement that's thrown around so, so often in yeah. corporations or, or in, yeah. you know, in families or whatever. You have such potential. How about actualizing that potential and how do you do that? Yeah. That's digging in through all these little layers of respecting ourselves or keeping ourselves open and being aware. And there's many practices that come into play to really, really create these giant beings we are. Actualize potential. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I love the word purposeful. Me too. Right, because that, it's, it's like you, it, it, it means that there is deliberateness and um, consciousness about it, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't mean that you're just kind of floating, blowing in, right? <laughs> like a leaf, right? You, you, you are intending to be there um, and showing up in all your Finery, glory, right? Yeah. In all your glory. In all your glory. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I hope this episode, you beautiful souls out there, I hope this episode has given you a lot of insight on things we can do to really be safe, but still live as these incredible beings out in the world. Because that's really what you're meant to do. You're not meant to be in a fear state. You are certainly very capable of putting some practices in place that help you be safe out in the world and safe in your inner world. Right. So Lorna, how do people get a hold of you? Tell me about, um, before we sign off here, how do people get a hold of you? What, what are you offering? So I write a lot of blogs. Um, I have um, all kinds of information on my website, which is www.safe4life. So it's the number four life.ca. Uh, we'll put that in the uh, show notes. 
Thank you. I, um, yeah, so, and I'm, uh, I'm on uh, Instagram as Safe for Life Personal Safety. I'm on um, Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Um, if you sign up on our website for our newsletters, I have um, a document that I call um, our action guide. So we have one for the kids, teens, adults, We've got one for seniors, tips and, and tricks and pointers for how to um, get into a personal safety practice on a regular basis. Not hard, very subtle, simple little guiding points uh, and conversations to have with your family members because it all really, really is such a cliche, but it all starts at home. Oh, we, totally <laughs> right? <does. laughs> we are doing um, online classes for kids and teens and um, every Friday for the month of May and the month of June. Uh, while we're um, mid-pandemic, we are um, offering from 10 until 11.30. Every Friday, we have, uh, and we're alternating Safe Kids one week, Safe Teens the next. This week, tomorrow, um, May, uh, yeah, May the whatever, 29th, is going to be our teen class. So I'm not sure how many we have registered on there, but it's such an awesome uh, program for um, giving these permission, uh, giving these kids permission to um, you know, just own their power and own their confidence and, and uh, be deliberate in their um, movements in their lives. So um, that's on, uh, we uh, sell tickets through that on Eventbrite. And for the next, um, till the end of June, it's a pay what you can kind of scenario. So mm -hmm. if you wanna toss us 10 bucks or a hundred bucks for, uh, for our class, uh, we're just gratefully accepting anything that folks can afford or, or um, would like to contribute, so it's uh, it's uh, it's a great opportunity for for um, uh, teens and kids and parents. We invite parents to sit in on those conversations as well, because again, it is about carrying out the um, uh, the conversation on an ongoing basis. I love this. I love just empowering empowering at any age. Mm -hmm. Uber important, but oh my God, I keep thinking that we empower the youth, truly empower them. Yeah. And what a world we develop, right? Oh, they are the future. So important. They are. And and these they are the future. And kids are sponges. Yes, they, they pick are. this Beautiful. stuff up. They right? And they and they just make it theirs. And I just think, wow, what a what a different way of seeing ourselves in the world, right? If we recognize that we can show up, you know, loud and proud, you know? <laughs> yep, loud, proud, and safe. Yep. Yep. It's neat. I love it. I very often refer to the purposefulness mm -hmm. and the intention that we take in life like this. We're on this river and we can be cast around and allow it to take us wherever it's going to go. We'll hit rocks, we'll hit rapids, we will, life happens. Or we can have a boat with oars. Yeah. And we can direct how we go down those rapids and whether or not we hit those rocks. Right, we have a lot more control when we put practices in place, mm -hmm. and it's not really that hard, it just takes a little time, yeah. And it just takes some practice, yep. It does take some, we do everything through practice, yeah. I, at some, <laughs> I'm gonna leave us with this. It leads me back to thinking about you know, I tried that before and it didn't work, <laughs> right. Well, if we go back to when we all started walking, tried that before and it didn't work. Somehow we all 
ended up walking. We're all here. We're all wandering around. We're running. We're doing different things because we didn't, we didn't just say, oh, I tried that. It didn't work. I we love followed that. it through. That is a perfect analogy for, for exactly that. You got to follow it through, right? Yeah. And if it means that you learn to walk in two weeks and I learn to walk in two months, then so be it. But we're still going to get to the same end game. Yeah. We still get to the same destination. It just That'd might be, be a little bit more difficult for one than another. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. So it has been such awesome. a pleasure having you on here, Lorna. Thank you so much for coming in and having this beautiful, delicious conversation about safety from the standpoint, not only of self-defense, which is typically how I've seen safety classes before, um, but really from the mindset that wraps around it and what we can do before we even walk out the door. Thank you, Brandy. You are a delight. You are an amazing <laughs> conversationalist with, I, I love your insight and I love the way you can um, take a concept and, and explain it and, and have a, um, just have a brilliant um, kind of conversation uh, around it. You, you are, uh, yeah, you're a gift. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really <laughs> flattered. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. And I will say, Brandy, um, I do a lot of podcasts and uh, obviously, as you well know, some better and worse, and you are a great <laughs> conversationalist. I, I will say that. Oh, that is yeah. honestly, thank you. That, that yeah. is, that is no, good to know. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate you. Yeah. Oh, uh, see, good energy goes out and energy attracts energy. So yeah. yay. Yeah. Thank you, Lorna. I hope you have a delightful day today in this blue, awesome. blue sky of ours and you. that you go out and be safe. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you. And you go take on your day too. Well, beautiful peeps, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Safety really matters. And we can bring this not only to ourselves, but to all generations moving forward to simple practices, right? That's what we're all about here at Fear It Goes is elevating you, bringing you to your next level of consciousness, letting go of the programs and all the patterning that goes along with it and all those behaviors and actions that stop you from really hitting the levels of success that you want, that actualized potential. If you need some help with this, contact us over at info at Beer it Goes. We are so excited to work with those ready to take the next leap and make that real life-lasting shift. That's right, life-lasting. Who wants something that's just temporary? Mm -mm. We want permanent. We want something that's going to really give you the life you've always dreamed of and thought you couldn't have. You can have it. You can have it all. That's right. That's what we're all about at Fear It Goes. Let's bring this. So until next week, my beautiful, beautiful souls, have an absolutely extraordinary week and go out and be safe.